Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money-saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Happy to be joined by Greg Wyshynski. He's a senior NHL writer for ESPN.com and the co-host of the Puck Soup podcast. Wyshynski, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? Doing well. It's uh, it's weird not to have any hockey on the air. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but they needed, a, I guess they needed a breather before getting back at it tomorrow. So it's it's a uh, it's a cool time, and obviously today all, all eyes are on the uh, the draft lottery tonight, which is going to be a heck of an event. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the NHL is pretty happy with uh, the amount of, of fun series, uh, both in the qualification round and uh, what's coming up next. So I do want to ask you about that NHL draft lottery. We'll get to that here in just a minute, but let's start with the results from this round, Robin, and specifically – the Blues and the Bruins, both finishing fourth in their respective round-robin tournament, if you want to call it that. What did you make of the two best teams in their respective conferences from all seasons, 70 games, now becoming the worst teams in their respective hubs? What, what did you make of that result, Greg? I, I think in both cases, I mean, obviously, you, you have two thing, two factors at play. You have, one, the, the idea that these two teams that played uh, a ton of hockey last season um, excelled in this regular season, then had their seasons interrupted for four months, and then came back. I mean, that's a lot of sort of shifting gears for two teams to kind of handle it uh, immediately right off the hop in a round robin. I also think you have a situation where these two teams approach the round robin a little bit differently than the other teams, and in the sense they just want to kind of get their systems up and running. You know, they want to make sure all facets of their teams of the team, uh, you know, is sharp by the time they get into the round of 16, knowing that they're already going to advance the round of 16. So I think some teams approach the round robin a little bit differently than others, and it wouldn't be surprised to see two veteran teams in the Bruins and the Blues uh, know that, uh, you know, they're going to use this a little bit differently and, and know that whoever they end up facing in the next round, um, they're going to have to beat those teams anyway at some point, so you might as well just work on yourself for now. Greg, is it concerning at all to you when you watch the St. Louis Blues and, look, we know how they won the Cup last year. They had great puck possession numbers. They finished a lot of checks. They were a rough and tumble team to play against. But right now in this round robin, their play is trending downward as the game goes on, and they're going to be facing a very young, very fast Vancouver Canucks team. To your point of being ready and having everything locked down and ready to go, do you think the Blues have enough runway left to be able to prepare properly for the Vancouver Canucks? I'm a little bit more concerned about them than I am Boston. Uh, Boston has shown an ability in the past to kind of flip the switch and become a different team when necessary. The Blues, like you said, I mean, it's, it's a situation where we've seen them be good for long stretches of time and then continue to be good and get better and better. 
it's not so much flipping a switch on a dime. And you're right. The underlying numbers for this team are really disturbing entering the series. We do, we do see them as a, a strong puck possession team in the three games. That's not what they did. Um, and we also see them as a team that's very good at just shutting the door on teams. And obviously one of the most disturbing trends in the round Robin was uh, how the blues would end up playing in the third period of these games. So there's a lot of danger signs here. And then you, you, you bring in the fact that the Canucks have all this wind in their sails after their big opening round uh, uh, defeat of the Minnesota wild. And not only that beating a team that arguably is the second best defensive team in the league behind Boston and Minnesota. Um, the blues obviously are an intimidating team from a defensive front when their game is on, but the Canucks just kind of went through one of those teams to advance. And I wonder if that's not a sort of, proof of concept for a, a young uh, roster that's still trying to figure out how to win. Greg, are there any trends that you've seen develop over, whether it be the round robin games or the play-in games, were there any trends that you saw in particular that really you're going to be paying attention to, to see if they continue as we go along here into the first round of the playoffs? <clears throat> Nothing too overriding as far as the league as, as a whole, but there are obviously a couple things that you're wondering about uh, as far as how they carry over. Uh, one is the ability of one line to kind of take over a series. And I think we saw that with the Carolina Hurricanes and their top line. Uh, they, they get the Bruins again, and, and I think that's going to be a much different series because of the emergence of uh, Andre Sveshnikov on their top line, uh, who was you know good last year, but now is certainly leveled up in a way that makes their top line really formidable. And then the other trend I'm, I'm, I'm uh, <clears throat> interested in is to see exactly how far Darcy Kemper might be able to carry the Arizona Coyotes. I watched a lot of that series against the Nashville Predators, and uh, he was he was the whole ball game, man. Like, <laughs> they eked out enough goals against the Preds uh, to advance. Um, but uh, but uh, it was the Darcy Kemper show, and, and it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to if he's going to be able to carry that over for another round. Because against the Colorado Avalanche, I mean they're going to need him to to put up a cement wall in that crease because the Avalanche are very good and very deep and much better on paper than are the uh, Coyotes. Greg, how surprising is it uh, that the Toronto Maple Leafs, Edmonton Oilers, and in particular the Pittsburgh Penguins, who Quite honestly, I thought we're going to run a steam train right over the Montreal Canadiens, but fell way short on that one. How interesting is it that those three teams having the star power that they have on their lineup, how interesting is it they're out right now on the outside looking in? Yeah, I mean, I think part of that speaks to the unpredictability of a five-game series. You know, a lot of the coaches I've talked to in the last few weeks all said the same thing, which is that the biggest difference between a five and a seven uh, besides obviously the, the math <laughs> that when you get a little bit more runway to figure out your team uh, it's the it's the talented veteran teams they're going to be able to excel and so you know if if it had been a situation where these teams are now down uh, you know 3-1 or in the case of Toronto it would have been 3-2 um, there's no you know guaranteeing that they can't kind of figure out their their stuff and and rally in that series but they simply didn't have the runway here um I think what you see is, you know, one of the things that I thought we'd see entering the, the qualification round, and it kind of played out that way, are the teams with a strong defensive structure having a leg up over everybody else. And, you know, when you have the Coyotes and the Islanders and the, and the Blue Jackets all advance, um, I, I think there's something to that in the sense that these teams might have had a leg up. I'd, I'd throw the, the Hurricanes in that mix, too. I mean, they're a team that learned last season the kind of defense they need to play to win in the playoffs 
And I think they applied that in that series against a, an upstart offensive Rangers team. So the teams that had the best sort of defensive structure in a lot of these series are the ones that ended up advancing. But when you throw that into a seven-game series, it could be a, a different equation, I think. Final question that I have for you, Greg. You mentioned a lot of the teams that are now balanced out of the postseason. They're all thrown into the lottery, and one of them is going to pick first overall uh, after what happens tonight with that lottery. What's your favorite potential subplot that can come out of this? Like, Is there a team in particular that you're like, holy cow, that would be perfect? Well, first of all, we should say that, just to reset it, it's the idiot general managers that put this on themselves. They, <laughs> yes, they were all thank afraid, you, Greg. Yeah, they were all afraid of, of a, the same team winning the draft lottery and winning the Stanley Cup. The NHL wanted to hold the lottery and the draft before the season was even restarted. So anything that happens tonight where if, like, Alexis Lafreniere ends up playing with the you know, Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby for the next 10 years. It's because the general managers just shot themselves in the foot. It was just nonsense. And the NHL had to acquiesce and make those guys happy. So as far as I put a ranking on Twitter before, as far as like who I'd like to see win, I would love to see Minnesota win. Um, I think that's a, that's a franchise that could use that boost. The biggest chaos I think would be probably either Edmonton or Toronto winning. Uh, which would just be, you know, very interesting and, and fun to watch what the reaction in hockey would be for that. Greg, okay, so we know who you would like to see get the first pick. In your opinion, who do you think the NHL wants to see get this first pick? Because in my opinion, I'm thinking the NHL would really, really love to see the Rangers get that pick. Yeah, they, I think I think you might be uh, you might be onto something there. The Rangers would be fine, but uh, you know, I think the I think the NHL. I mean, if if you ask them in their quieter moments what they want, it would probably be for Alexis Lafreniere not to end up with a Canadian team. Would probably be outside. Of, okay, let's narrow it down. Not to end up in Winnipeg. It's, it's probably what <laughs> <laughs> good point. You think they'd be okay with him in Toronto? You, you think they'd be cool with oh that? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I think they'd be all right with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's Greg Wasinski. You can find his work ESPN.com is where you find it. You can follow him on Twitter at Wasinski. W Y S H Y N S K I. Greg, we always appreciate the time man thanks so much for hopping on with us enjoy the games moving forward and enjoy the lottery tonight thank you you got it that's greg wasinski joining us here on 101 espn for the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase it's a culture and the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe for the safety minded who watch everyone's backs granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.